Hello, and welcome to the White's Chapel Sermon Podcast. We're so glad you've taken the time to listen to our weekly sermons. This is a quick way to enjoy or even revisit a recent message. I got to tell you, Pastor John and I are particularly excited to be kicking off this brand new sermon series this morning, um, <laughs> Cold Turkey. Um, because as, these, as this, this holiday season races upon us, um, we, we know. We trust that God has something special in mind. God has something special in store for each and every one of us. God truly wants these days to be holy days. But, um, but if your family is anything like my family, bless you, by the way, um, and if your schedule is anything like my schedule, we all know that this time of year, it can, get, it can get so quickly swallowed up by all the hustle and by all the bustle and all the rush. There's just so much to get done. What if, what, what if what God is calling us to this time of year, what if it's not more? What if it's actually less? What if what God is calling us to is, is not yet another to-do list? What if God, what God's calling us to is a brand new don't-do list? What if God is calling us to quit? What if God's calling us to quit cold turkey, to quit all of those unhealthy unhappy, uh, unhelpful sort of attitudes and and habits and hangups that just get in the way. All that stuff that just gets in the way of that beautiful, contented, God-centered life that, that, that Christ calls us to. What if God is calling us to quit? And I know. I know. I remember last week, I remember last week, we, we talked about quitting, quitting. But you gotta, you gotta agree with me, but this is something altogether different. And, uh, and I also know, I also know that, that, that none of us really likes change. It's uncomfortable. We don't like change. Really, the only time we change is whenever we have to. We only change whenever we're forced to. Like that woman a couple of weeks ago, she came home. She came home at the end of her, her vacation, went home to, to Atlanta, and she found that her house had been demolished by mistake. Um, we don't want change like that. We don't want an ending like that. Now, if we're going to get it to choose our ending, sign me up for a Hallmark ending. I'll tell it. I'll, give me a Hallmark ending. You know where everything just kind of magically works out on its own just in the nick of time? Last seven minutes, right before that last commercial break as the snow gently falls and the music swells and the screen fades to black. Sign me up for that. Where everything just works out on its own. That's the sort of ending. That's the sort of change I want. The only problem is in the real world, that doesn't happen. We know that that only happens in these crazy places with corny names like Evergreen and Mistletoe and Reindeer and Starlight. Not in the real world, a better life in the real world, a deeper faith. It comes only as we are willing to do or to quit doing, to stop doing the things that lead to change, to to quit waiting for it. To quit waiting for change, to quit waiting for things just to work out, to, to quit waiting for, for hope and healing, to quit waiting for newness and joy. And friends, that, that's exactly what we're going to see. Compromands, that's exactly what we're going to see in our scripture for this morning. And so if you have your Bibles with you, go ahead and pull them out. This morning, we're going to be in the book of Exodus, Exodus chapter 14 this morning. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and pull them out. Maybe you have a Bible app on a cell phone with you this morning. Go ahead and turn it on. Again, we're going to be in Exodus chapter 14, beginning with verse 10 this morning. And just remember, uh, here, God, God has led the children of Israel out of Egypt. 
But do you remember how, remember how Pharaoh changed his mind? Pharaoh changed his heart, comes after him. This, that's where we're going to pick up our reading again. Exodus chapter 14, beginning our reading with verse 10. Friends, hear the word of the Lord. It says, but as Pharaoh drew near, the Israelites looked back, and there were the Egyptians advancing on them. In great fear, the Israelites cried out to the Lord, and then they said to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? What have you done to us bringing us out of Egypt? Is this not the very thing that we told you in Egypt? Let us alone and let us serve the Egyptians, for it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in this wilderness. But Moses said to the people, don't be afraid. Stand firm and see the deliverance that the Lord will accomplish for you today. For these Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You have only to keep still. But then the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry out to me? Tell the Israelites to go forward. Like I said, the uh, Israelites had just been freed from their bondage in Egypt. They'd just seen God do amazing things. They'd seen God do miraculous things. And, and they had marched to the shores of the Red Sea. But whenever they looked back to their horror, what they saw, they saw the Egyptian army. They saw Pharaoh's army charging hard at them. And they were stuck. They were stuck between the sea and the sword. And just like that, it all changed. How quickly their joy turned to fear. How, how quickly it soured and spread. Because at first they were just mad. At first they, they spoke against Moses. But then they turned on God. How could he do this? How, how could he do this? How could he allow this? How, how could he allow this? And, and why? 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 Because God knows the human heart. God knew that the Israelites, they'd likely getting there to, to the Red Sea. God knew that they would likely just set up their tents and camp out by the seaside. God knew that they would just wait. And so God chose to push them. God chose to, to push them from the rear. God chose to, to push them from behind. And for his part, Moses, Moses tried to calm him down. Moses said, y'all, just, just be still. Be still because the Lord will fight for us. But then God speaks. God speaks for himself. And he says, Moses, Moses, why do y'all do and waiting? Y'all need to go forward. Go, move. Because, because Pharaoh's army behind you, hey, choir, Pharaoh's army behind you, that's not your problem. And the Red Sea in front of you, that, that's not your problem either. Your problem, the thing that's holding you back, it's right here. So quit stalling and get moving. And you just watch, you just watch what I'm gonna do for you. And I love the old rabbinic tradition. I love the, the old rabbis used to say that, that at this point there was a man, a man named Nashan. Nashan was a leader in the tribe of Judah and he was selected, he was chosen to go first. Nashon was going to be the guinea pig. He was the one that was supposed to tiptoe first into the waters of the Red Sea. And to his credit, he does. Nashon obeys, go down to the water and he enters in, but, but nothing happens. So it goes a little bit, little bit deeper, goes in, into his ankle, but still nothing happens. So he goes deeper, he goes to his knees and nothing to his waist, to his chest, to his neck, and nothing happens. But, but Nashon doesn't stop, he doesn't quit, he doesn't turn back. Nashon doesn't wait. Nashon trusts. 
Nashon trusts that the very same God who had brought them that far, that, that God hadn't brought them that far just to abandon them there. So he keeps going. And according to the tradition, it wasn't until, it wasn't until the waters of the Red Sea covered Nashon's nose. It was then and only then that God told Moses to raise his staff splitting the waters of the Red Sea in two and giving for them, raising for them a highway of dry ground for them to cross on over, over to the freedom, over to their future on the other side. You see, church, God will fight for us, but sometimes, most of the times, we gotta be willing to take the first step. Todd, thank you so much for that, and, and you brought that passage alive in a beautiful way. But I want to say a word to the confirmants today, because that's what you're doing. You're taking a first step of faith, um, and you're beginning a journey of living the Christian life. It's the same journey that we're all on, and there's some principles about traveling on a journey that talk to all of us as we live the Christian life, but it's also the same principles as we get ready for the holidays before us. Because what's important in a journey, we have to have a goal, we have to know where we're headed. So think about it, in the Christian life, what's the goal for all of us to be faithful followers of Jesus? Think about it when it comes to the holidays. What's the goal? To have wonderful times with family and friends and loved ones, to grow closer to God. But here's the thing about a journey. Things don't always go according to plan. We don't start the journey and just stay on a straight road that gets us there. There are going to be detours. Things are going to mess up. Things are going to go wrong. We have to adjust the plan continually as we go. So in those moments that the plan is not going right, we have to ask ourselves, Lord, how do I stay faithful to you? And how do I stop cold turkey doing some things that keep me from living the life you want me to live? So that's what we're really thinking about during November. And so this week we're looking at our scripture and seeing the first thing we need to stop doing. What do we learn from the children of Israel at the Red Sea? We need to stop waiting. And as we think about that, I wanna mention three things we need to stop waiting. We need to stop waiting to see. You know, every time we read this passage, I love it. I kept thinking, how in the world can they not see what God's been doing? They were in Egypt, all of these miracles to get out of town. God had a pillar of fire. God was doing dramatic, wonderful things. And then times get tough and right away they, they turn on him and they fuss and they complain and they can't see that God is with them. And Moses shakes his head and said, guys, don't you remember all the things God has done for you? God's still here. Can't you see? That's what he tells them in verse 13. I love this verse. Moses said to them, don't be afraid. Stand firm. See the deliverance that the Lord will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. I am convinced God continually reaches out to us so that we can see and know his presence. He gives us moments that knows what it, that teaches us what it means to be fully alive. He gives us moments that show us how much he loves us and that we live in that love. He gives us moments where we have confidence and we understand him in beautiful ways. But how often do we get distracted and stressed and busy and caught up with life and we don't see. 
I was thinking about this. I have a real annoying habit. Now, it's not so annoying to me, but it sure is to my poor wife, Debbie, sitting right there. Because I have an inner alarm clock that just goes off at 5.30 in the morning. And what I like to do is kind of groggily in my sleep, walk over to my radio, push a button, and I like to listen to sports talk radio in the morning. My show comes on at 5.30, and then I nap to the show until the alarm goes off. And I know how well I'm sleeping by what I remember. If I don't remember anything, well, I was asleep then. So I can measure how much sleep I get by how much I remember. Now, from time to time in our house, there'll be a thunderstorm at night, or we'll have a power surge. And I get up to go punch the radio, and I hear static. And I get so annoyed because this radio, I have to push a bunch of buttons, it's digital to get it there, and I'm asleep, and it's dark, and I can't see. And even though I'm annoyed that I'm hearing static, I know the show is still on. The people I like to listen to are still talking and telling jokes. They're there. The problem is I'm not tuned into the right channel. And I have to get tuned into the channel before I can hear. Same thing with God. When we go through periods of life, we can't see him and we can't hear, and we wonder, where is him? He's right there, he's still speaking. The same kind of moments are happening. We have just lost the channel, and we need to tune in to our God channel. And I wanna say that as we get ready for these holidays. We need to stop waiting to see, because when we tune into the God channel, God is gonna give us experience that deepen our faith and give us memories that will last a lifetime. But are we tuned in to the God channel so that we can see? I got an experience of that this past Tuesday night. You know, it was Halloween on Tuesday. And so I go to my grandchildren's house in the colony and I've gone every year of their lives there. And we have a wonderful time because my grandchildren, Jack and Will, are into holidays. Every holiday they are into it. They decorate inside and outside. William has set a beautiful table centerpiece for the table. So we went and we had a wonderful dinner and we had fun as they put their costumes on, and then we went trick-or-treating in their neighborhood. We just had a great time. And when we were through trick-or-treating, we came in and watched the Rangers and the World Series game, and they had a big lead, so that was a fun game. And we got ready to go, and what we didn't realize, Jack was gonna play a joke on us. He went quietly and was hiding behind one of the yard decorations. Now I have to tell you, I'm a little scary and uh, a little, can be a little jumpy. And so I came out and all of a sudden I was walking by and Jack went boo and jumped out at me. Well, I screamed and I yelled and I jumped, started running to the car. And then I got to the sidewalk and I, Debbie was behind me and I knew she didn't know what was happening either. So I watched as he jumped out at her and she screamed and yelled the same kind of reaction. And we had so much fun sharing that night. And as I drove home, I felt so good, kind of in the afterglow of that moment. And I got home, you remember Tuesday, it was really cold. And I finished watching the Ranger World Series game that they had a big lead. There was no suspense and had a fire in the fireplace. And it was this wonderful moment. And my heart was filled with gratitude. And I thought, Lord, thank you that I didn't miss this night. And I want us to know the holidays before us are filled with those kind of moments. They're all around. 
But are we tuned in to see? Stop waiting to tune into the God channel. Let's see what the Lord has in store for us. Second lesson, we need to stop waiting to learn. Look at the children of Israel. They still can't quite figure out God. They don't understand what he's about, what Moses is teaching them. And again, that's what's happening in verse 14. He says, the Lord's gonna fight for you. You have only to keep still. I wanna say a word to these confirmands. The life of faith, you have finished a class. It's only the beginning. A life of faith is one we keep learning, keep stretching, keep growing. Do you know what the word disciple means? It means to be a student. All of our lives, God wants to stretch us and grow us. We need to stop waiting to learn, all of us. I remember an old legend that I love. It was about a man that was going through the desert. He was in a caravan of camels and his group arrived at an oasis that had a really strange sign behind the oasis. Here's what the sign said. Pick up some pebbles and put them in your pockets. Travel a day's journey and you will be both glad and sad. Well, they thought, well, I guess we'll do it. We don't understand. So they picked some pebbles up, put it in their pocket. Next day they got up and they traveled all day long, completely forgot about what they had done. They got to the end of the day and they remembered that sign. So they looked into their pockets and they checked the pebbles out. And when they did, they saw the pebbles had turned into gold. And the sign was right. They were both glad and sad. They were glad that they had picked up a few pebbles that were now gold. They were sad that they didn't pick up a whole lot more. And that's the lesson for learning. At the end of our days, we're gonna look back at life and we're gonna be glad and sad. We're gonna be glad that we picked up a few nuggets of wisdom, but we're gonna be sad that we didn't stretch and grow to pick up a whole lot more. Now say that again, think about the holidays. Think about it. We don't need to wait to learn. We need to ask some questions. What, what can I learn about life through these beautiful days? We need to ask, what can I learn about my friends and my family, my loved ones that can help us even connect in a deeper way and grow closer together? What can I learn about our traditions that have so much meaning when we will dive in and understand what these holy days are all about? And can we put ourselves in the hands of the Holy Spirit who always wants to teach us and stretch us and grow us? You and I need to stop waiting to learn. And then the final thing is we need to stop waiting to trust. You know, they're fussing and complaining and Moses, why did you do this? You should have left us. All of those things are saying, God finally has enough. And God speaks and what does God say? Why do you cry out to me? Tell the Israelites to go forward. God says that to us. Why don't you trust me? I want you to go forward. I, I wanna tell you, and I, I wanna be honest with these confirmands. I had a crummy day on Wednesday. That's not a big enough word. I had a horrible day on Wednesday. I had a lot to do. I was behind in my schedule. I was uptight, honestly, with the Rangers in the World Series. I hadn't been getting enough sleep. And the nerves of watching those games had been getting to me. I was cranky, I was grumpy. I was behind in my schedule. I couldn't get it all done. 
And so I kind of went through the day kind of in a bad mood. And then in the early afternoon, something happened to me that scared me. I lost my brain. And that is, I, I just couldn't think anymore. I couldn't hold a thought. I was bouncing off the walls. I couldn't focus. Pastor Todd was trying to coach me up on the sermon. I couldn't understand what he was saying. I mean, I just had no brain and I went through the rest of the day, not in a good place and I got home. I was exhausted, I was tired, mentally, physically, spiritually. And so I started watching game five of the World Series. And you remember how that game went at the beginning. That diamondback pitcher was just mowing us down. Through six innings, no hitter. It was zero to zero. And after six innings, I thought, my nerves can't take it anymore. I am done. And I got dark memories of Rangers past flashing through my head. Memories of Nellie Cruz in St. Louis in my mind. And I started thinking, we're going to lose this game. We're going to lose this game. And then game six, we're going to face that pitcher. I know we can't hit. We're going to lose that game. We are going to blow these series, this series. And I started having a pity party. I was just like the children of Israel. I was fussing. I was griping. I was complaining. Um, it was not good. Because I started thinking, not only am I nerves shot and I'm tired, but I don't have a brain. I can't write a sermon. Lord, how am I going to write a sermon with no brain? And I have a busy day filming Christmas stuff tomorrow. I have too much to do. I can't do it all. I can't do this, Lord. I'm going back to Egypt. <laughs> That's what I said. And then the seventh inning came. And Pastor Judy texted me. She could tell I had not had a good day. So she was checking on me, seeing how I was doing, and I told her I was nervous about the game. Then I shared with her some of my struggles, and I told her, Judy, I am so worried. I don't have a brain. I don't know how I'm going to write a sermon. Well, she did something wonderful in her text after the Rangers had kind of gotten a hit and clawed in a run, and it was one to nothing. She texted me back some wonderful words that just tied in my life to the baseball game. And she preached a beautiful sermon in just a few words. And Judy, I hope you don't mind, but I'm going to share with them what she wrote me. This is, again, during the seventh inning as we were texting back and forth. She said, now for the sermon, sounds like you need a long bath with a good biography. And just chill. God hasn't left you without life-changing words yet. And I don't believe this weekend will be any different. I know you can do this, and you don't have to do it right now. Base hits bring in runs. And as soon as she said that, I just breathed and I relaxed. And I thought, Lord, thank you for reminding me that. And I thought Moses couldn't have said it any better. Isn't that a lesson for all of us? We're going to have days things aren't going well. We're going to have days we're out of sorts that we're just uptight and we're not thinking right. There's gonna be, be days we can't hit a home run. There are gonna be days we're being no hit. But in those moments that happens, we need to take a deep breath and realize that all God asks of us is to do our best. Sometimes all we can do is to take the first step or the next step. And always we need to quit waiting. God says, I want you to go forward. Go forward trusting in me. And remember the wisdom of Pastor Judy. 
Base hits bring in runs. Would you pray with me? Lord, we thank you for this wonderful time to worship, to celebrate. We thank you for these confirmands and this big step of faith that they're making. But Lord, remind all of us that we are on a journey, that you are, you are still working with us and calling us and leading us and preparing us. So Lord, help us be aware. Help us not wait to see and help us not wait to learn and help us not wait to trust. Because Lord, sometimes in life we get off track Sometimes our plans aren't working out the way we thought. Sometimes we can't hit a home run. And in those moments, Lord, help us try to get a hit. And sometimes help us just bunt the ball. Sometimes, Lord, if we can't do anything else, may we jump in the way and get hit by the ball. Whatever it takes, Lord, help us go forward trusting you. Because you who have brought us this far will be faithful to see us through to the destination, the goal, where we rest and live in you. So come to us, Lord, and lead us and help us follow. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for joining us. Please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss new releases. We'll have new podcasts coming out all the time. Be sure to check us out online at whiteschapelumc.com. Please download the WC Life app, and follow us on social media to stay up to date with all things WC.